Welcome to the TV Deets Podcast. My name is Brett and I'm the guy behind the blog. An extension of tvdeets.com, join us for a brand new episode each week as we break down the latest unscripted news and ratings and share exclusive piping hot tea on all of your favorite reality shows. Now, let's get into it. and welcome to the TV Deets podcast. I hope you have a big cup of tea or coffee ready because this is going to be a good one. I've seen the premieres for Bravo's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Real Housewives of Potomac and I'm ready to give you my unfiltered takes plus exclusive scoop on season 18 of the Real Housewives of Orange County and my ratings recap segment makes a return to discuss Roni's latest series, Low. All this and more coming up on the next hour of the TV Deets podcast. Well, what an exciting week it is for me personally, you guys, and for you guys on the pod, because I'm bringing you all the tea directly. This week, I got to watch the premieres for The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, as well as The Real Housewives of Potomac, and I gotta tell you, you guys, the tweets that you've been seeing about October, November going to be that season, it is true. We are about to be saved by two of the best housewife franchises, let's just be real. Now, this is about Beverly Hills, and, you know, Beverly Hills, like I said on the pod last week when we talked about the trailer, I've always loved Beverly Hills. This franchise delivers when it comes to the glam, comes to the lifestyle, and comes to that, like, really, like, peak inside Hollywood. I really like that aspect of Beverly Hills. Now, to be fair, we've lost a few actresses along the way, and uh, this season's cast is looking a little bit different. Just to recap, I mean, this year we have Kyle Richards, Erica Jane, Sutton Strack, Garcelle Bouvets, Dorit Kemsley, and Crystal Kung Minkoff, with new housewife Anne Marie Wiley. Denise Richards, Cynthia Bailey, and Camille Grammer are set to appear as guests throughout the season. And we bid farewell to Lisa Renna and Diana Senella Jenkins. And I know many, many viewers are happy about that. Now, I'll jump right into my thoughts, and with the screeners, how it works is Bravo has given media outlets the ability to view the episode, usually a month in advance, to kind of get the word out there and to ensure that we can get reviews of the premiere up in time for that episode. So, I will be blogging in greater detail about Beverly Hills on tvdeets.com in the coming weeks, ahead of the October 25th premiere. So I can't give you all the scoop in this podcast, but I can tell you a little bit. The information, you know, to be transparent, is embargoed by Bravo. There are certain things from the episodes they do not want us to tell you ahead of time. So I'm going to try and give you my honest thoughts on the premiere without spoiling it so that when you sit down to watch, you're still excited, you're still surprised. Now, 
I'm gonna jump right into it. Being honest, you guys, I liked Lisa Rinna on Beverly Hills. Over the years, like, I thought she was a great addition to the show. She constantly kept the drama going. I would be repeatedly shocked by her behavior. Never condoning her behavior, but nonetheless, she pushed, you know, the boundaries on Beverly Hills. And, you know, a lot of people have been wondering, will Beverly Hills feel Lisa Renna's absence? You know, she infamously was fired from the show after being booed at BravoCon. I know a lot of people have said that she quit and she didn't, but you are going to see in this premiere episode one of the first times ever, like, they do address Lisa Rinna's exit. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to describe this because it's pretty unique, like, without telling you specifically what it is. Let me just say her exit is addressed very, very briefly, and Lipsa Rinna is doing her best to convince us that it was her choice to walk away from Beverly Hills. Personally, no matter what receipt, email, text message Lisa Rinna shows, I just really don't think she quit, and I am under the impression she was let go, as are many Housewives. You know, Bravo and the Real Housewives franchise, there aren't many other better gigs in television, and Lisa Rinna, a longtime working actress, certainly knows that. So, yeah, right off the bat, I did not miss Lisa Rinna. I'm just gonna be real. I think that this group is a solid group. I think we have a lot of potential with this group. And I think when you have someone new like Anne-Marie coming in, it's going to be nice to actually have them accept a newbie or kind of deal with the newbie without Lisa Rinna kind of leading everything. Like, as soon as Lisa Vanderpump left, Lisa Rinna became the default HBIC. I don't think it's anything the fans wanted or the women, but like Kyle just, as we saw, Kyle can't go against Lisa Rinna. So she kind of gave that crown over to Rinna. And I'm just excited to see how the women react without her around and without her like policing all of their behaviors and their thoughts. Because we know that was a big issue. And it's ironic because that's what Rinna used to say about Vanderpump. But <laughs> after watching this premiere, I guarantee Rinna had the same effect on set with these women. So... In short, I don't think we're going to miss Lisa Rinna. You will have the Rinna stands who just want to, you know, talk about her nonstop. I believe, you know, we're going to see them in full force. But guys, I did not miss Rinna one minute from this premiere. The episode is called The Eagle Woman Has Landed. And interesting enough this season, you know, Kyle's working on her own stuff. She has her marital issues. So Dorit you know, is going to come in and she is going to be the glue and try to get this group back together after what was a very fractured reunion. So you will get some flashbacks to the reunion. You will hear Kyle's thoughts on her relationship with Kathy and everything that happened last year between Kathy Hilton, Erica Jane, and Lisa Rinna. But Dorit is doing her best post break and enter to bring this group back together and she wants to have a healing session in order to do that so i don't know how you guys feel about healing sessions on the housewives i personally love it i will watch every alternative therapy out there give it to me if it's a shaman if it's you know some voodoo practice who cares like 
I'm into it, give me a beautiful setting, some good fashions, and I'm there. And that's basically what Beverly Hills does. So Dorit plans a little healing ses uh, session, gets all of the women invited, and basically that's where we kick off the premiere. So we do get a group scene, uh, I want to say kind of midway through the episode, or at least in the maybe the first half, but we do get the entire group of housewives coming together post-Rena, post-reunion, to see if we can move forward if they can move forward and this conversation i think is going to be really interesting to fans i will be curious to see whether you guys believe what the women are saying to each other or whether you think this is just storyline and hey we need to get back on you know each other's team after what was a very toxic season i think with the healer herself like the person dorit actually hires she will also be controversial she's quite the character it was a lot of fun. I'm going to have to rush through this last half, guys, because I can't spoil the episode for you. Like I said, we are going to get clips of Garcelle's parenting and the struggles she's having with her twin boys. You saw that in the trailer. That's going to come up pretty quickly right in the premiere. Garcelle always gives it. And I just love hearing her perspective and hearing more about her personal life. You know, if you don't know much about Garcelle, I mean, she was in the press back in the day, um, in addition to her own successful career, but her husband was like this huge agent in Los Angeles, and Garcelle had caught him cheating on her back in the day. I think this was like the 90s, if I'm correct. And basically, Garcelle actually like emailed everyone at his office, like I think from his email or something, she did some, you know, hacking, she got in there and she sent all of his clients and like all of his staff you know, this huge letter saying he's cheating on me, he's a horrible person, here's her name, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, iconic, right? And, you know, they split up after that, and her husband is a successful, you know, person in the agency world in Los Angeles, and now the kids have kind of that split household where they live with Garcelle, but if Garcelle gets a movie or a gig, they go live with their dad. And I think that back and forth is, you know, what they're going to be discussing on the premiere. But like I said, I really love her family and I love hearing more about them. So I'm into it. I'm into it. The other big drama, I guess, would say is between Erica and Dorit. This is to be expected because we saw at BravoCon, Erica got up on stage after being asked, you know, which couple on your show is most likely to be heading for Splitsville, and she said Dorit, and that is going to be discussed heavily in the first episode. You know, you guys have just going to have to watch this to see Erica and Dorit uh, <laughs> go head-to-head -head on this one, and kind of what the resolution is there. So, we do kick off the episode with some drama, we do kick it off with a group scene, everyone is engaged and involved, and, you know, I really will say, I tweeted about this premiere as soon as I saw it, because I was like, I have to put something out there. And basically, I had said, it's going to be a make-or-break season for Kyle Richards when it comes to the fans, and I want to explain a little bit why. You know, we've seen a lot of stories in the media about Kyle and Mauricio splitting up. Are they separated? Are they not? At this point, he has confirmed. They have confirmed. They are separated. I don't know if this is a Will and Jada situation where we're going to find out years later they were, they've been split up since season four, but, you know... Let me just say, this season is going to be really tough for Kyle because she is coming off of a season where, you know, she kind of turned on the fan favorite, who was Kathy Hilton, her own sister. This episode, she talks very negatively about Kathy Hilton. Like, 
<laughs> no wonder why Kathy Hilton doesn't want to do this show. Like, it's not clear. So, you know, Kyle just can't help but slam her sisters. So, okay, Kyle, start off on that foot. I don't know how that's going to go for you. That's kind of strike one. Strike two is she's very all over the place. Like, we have watched Kyle, you know, for, what, 12 years now or something like that? And she is, like, polished. She was, you know, always put together. I don't know what I'm seeing from Kyle this year, but after watching the premiere, guys, like, I wrote, I wrote notes to myself. I said, she's spiraling. Like, Kyle is just clearly going through something personally. Mauricio and Kyle... <laughs> When I watched this episode, they look done. Like, they look like they are separated. They look like they have not been together for a while. So, I don't know with this separation, you guys. I It's sad, to be honest. As a longtime fan, like, I don't like to see families break up or be torn apart by reality TV. I don't really understand the marital issue, so I hope they kind of explain that more because of what Kyle tries to say in the first episode is just, like, a reach. But it's just so awkward between them, and it's just weird because we've just seen so many years where they were very close and connected, and this was a team, and this year it's clear that they're not on the same page. Now, I don't know if they made a strategic effort to put this on display. I mean, Kyle also filmed for Mauricio's Netflix show, Buying Beverly Hills, so I've told you after this season of Beverly Hills, the Netflix show is going to continue the separation drama, so... I don't know whether they've just agreed, hey, let's, you know, this is what, this is our job, let's put this out there, or what, it just, it's just sad and awkward, and I don't know, you guys, I think fans might be Team Mauricio, like, I just think the way Kyle comes across is gonna be very difficult for fans, knowing what we know, seeing all the photos of her and Morgan Wade, and all of that stuff, it's just very convoluted and very messy, but it made for a very entertaining uh, premiere. There is a conversation between Kyle and Mauricio that you guys are going to be talking about for weeks. It's it's crazy, um, but it does put into in perspective all of these headlines and the fact that, yeah, they're separated and they are going two different directions very clearly. Now... Anne-Marie Wiley, the new housewife, is not in this episode. This, uh, you know, they've done this before on Beverly Hills. They brought in someone midway. Anne-Marie was brought in like a month after filming started, so I am told that she will be brought in at a later date. I don't know if it's even episode two. It could be something like episode three or four, uh, depending on what uh, drama they have coming for us. But she was not in the premiere and um, I kind of like it that way. Like, sometimes, unless you're going to have this big group event, which they did with the healing session, I just don't know if it makes sense to have, like, a new friend at the healing session, which is why, you know, this was probably kept till later. But unless you're going to have a big bash and invite everyone, including the newbies, I think the way Beverly Hills does it is is on point. So, you know, Beverly Hills, this is going to be a slow burn. This isn't, you know a huge blowout argument in the premiere, like you're used to with some other franchise. There is no glass being thrown or spilled. <laughs> but Beverly Hills, it's like a mystery. You guys are going to be eating this up like Scandaval. You know how we were looking at like every little detail, picking it apart, putting together the timelines. 
I feel like that's where we're going with Beverly Hills. That's the whole vibe I got from the episode. You know, we have Detective Sutton who's going to come in and try to unmask Kyle and Mauricio. So this is going to be, I think, a little bit of a slow burn, but I'm into it. And, you know, Beverly Hills never disappoints. So I highly recommend it. The premiere is going to be airing October 25th at 8, 7 central on Bravo with new episodes streaming the next day on Peacock. But that's my take on the Beverly Hills premiere. Can't wait to see it, and you guys are going to love it. Well, enough about Beverly Hills. You know my bread and butter is The Real Housewives of Potomac. I have seen the season 8 premiere. It is fantastic. It is much, in my opinion, more enjoyable than Beverly Hills, but these two premieres, I gotta tell you, are right there neck and neck. I think people will be happy with both for different reasons, but I'm all about the Potomac, ladies. Okay. Just before I get into it, returning this season, we have Wendy, Ocef uh, Wendy Osefo, Candace Dillard-Bassett, Robin Dixon, Karen Huger, Giselle Bryant, Ashley Darby, and Mia Thornton. They will be joined by new housewife, Neka Ahim. And we also have a few friends of the housewives. Sharice Jackson-Jordan is back, and newbie Kiana Stewart will be introduced later in the season. Jacqueline Blake, who was a friend last year, will be returning just as a guest as well, so you'll see her later on. Now, I took lots of notes about this premiere. As soon as I watched it, I had to tweet out my thoughts on, you know, <laughs> just what people are going to be expecting from Potomac, and here's what I said. Really enjoyed the... Real Housewives of Potomac premiere, things feel fresh, looks are on point, and the women don't hold back when it comes to Robin and Juan. We finally hear from Juan in his own words, and it will certainly have viewers talking. Now, you guys really enjoyed that post, but and I knew I'd get you going with that one, but to be honest, this episode does not disappoint. Like, I am being completely real when I tell you I think you guys are going to be very satisfied. I took so many notes scene by scene on this one because like I said this is my bread and butter obviously I can't tell you all of this I told you in the last segment a lot of this is embargoed so Bravo does not want the details of the premiere out and you know we're just supposed to tease it and give you a little hint of what to expect and that's what I'm going to do now I think last season you know, it was very highly rated, especially towards the end. Viewers had a lot to say about Robin going on her Patreon with Giselle and talking about Juan and these indiscretions that he had been having. Now, there was that infamous hotel receipt where he bought a hotel room for a, a woman. There was the infamous Canada girl. Represent, you know, I record this podcast in Toronto, Canada. So Canada girl, if you ever want to chat, I'm here. So we have the Canada girl, and, you know, then we have Laundromat Lady. Now, I don't know if these are official nicknames. These are what I'm calling them. But we have Juan in three indiscretions, and Robin took to that Patreon, and she basically brushed it all off, and she gave some whack-ass story about why Juan would be up buying a hotel room for another woman. It was so infuriating that Andy Cohen had to film an additional Watch What Happens Live episode to tackle on to the reunion because the cast and production felt that Robin had lied at the reunion. 
and we got that epic three-parter as well as Robin's, you know, denialism with on Watch What Happens Live. And you had just Ebony K. Williams sitting there just sipping her tea, being like, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> amazing. We get tons of flashbacks of that in the premiere, by the way. So I really think you guys will be satisfied. This episode is all about Robin and Juan. So for those of you that thought, hey, they're going to get away with this. They're not going to talk about it. Um, you know, Robin never puts her personal life out there. It's all lies, whatever. This episode, they talk about it all. The first scene is Robin and Juan. I repeat, the first scene of the premiere is Robin and Juan. It is epic. You are going to hear, you know, like I said in my post, their explanation. And I think when you hear their explanation, and they are on the same side, so when you hear this explanation in these stories as to why Ron, uh, Juan was in these situations, you guys, this is where Twitter is going to have a fucking field day, okay? Because when I tell you this man makes no sense, this man <laughs> makes no sense. But Robin believes it. And, you know, you're going to see this heavily discussed in the premiere, but word on the street, this is what I hear from Potomac, is Robin knows about these indiscretions. Robin, you know, believes Juan or whatever is keeping it, and Robin is just going to ride with it. Now, that's exactly what Giselle has an issue with in this first episode, and I think that's going to be very exciting for fans to see Giselle be, you know, kind of the catalyst for holding Robin accountable. I'm, I'm very interested in that. So, Without getting too much into that, you guys, Robin and Juan, whoo, they are going to drop some tea. Now, everyone else delivers. Like, we get our little updates on everyone. Their confessional looks, I got to tell you, are on point. That's what I meant in my post. They all look fantastic. Well, most of them look fantastic. And, you know, they're all in a good place. Like, honestly, this episode for Karen is just about kind of resetting, bringing the group back together, kind of touching base with people and finding, you know, hey, where are you at after New York and that reunion? And how do we move this group forward? Because Potomac at this point is a very fractured group. So a lot of Karen, a lot of Candace, a lot of Giselle, a lot of Robin, a lot of Mia, a little bit of Ashley. And you will actually, rather unfortunately, I should say, get a Sharice appearance right in the premiere. I know that you Sharice stands are going to love that. But, you know, Sharice is brought in and there is a point to why she is included. And I will say, fine. <laughs> Valid point. I don't think she adds much. But hey, I think viewers will be fine with the scene that, they, that we end up seeing. Now, some interesting points. And I had to double check this on my notes. But, you know... Wendy did not get a personal scene with her husband. Now, you know, this episode, it's, you know, edited. What I'm seeing isn't always the final version. Sometimes they switch things. They've added scenes in before. They've changed things. They've re-recorded lines, dubbed lines I've seen before with episodes. So I'm not saying this may not change, but we did not get a personal scene of Wendy and Eddie. If we did, I was scrolling my phone and completely missed it. But honestly, you guys, I think she did not get an individual personal scene, which take it for what you, you think. But I thought that was an interesting choice by production. Everyone else, we do get little updates. We get Giselle. We get Ashley. We get Robin. Like I said, we get Karen. We get Candace. We get all of that. We get Mia. So I think that was just very interesting that uh, Wendy was kind of on the back burner in my personal take personal opinion now when it comes to some of the other women 
they're all giving us something to talk about. Ashley and her divorce or not divorce from Michael. You guys are going to have a field day with that and what she says about her situation. Nia and Gordon, you know, I broke exclusively that me and Gordon have been separated for months. And when you see this first episode, <laughs> you're going to figure out, yeah, that is that is true. TV Deets never lies because in this first episode, Mia is not having it with Gordon, you guys. She is over Gordon. I don't know if Gordon knows that, but when he says he doesn't, he didn't see the separation coming, like, girl, you should have seen this separation coming. Now, Chris and Candace, you know, I don't want to give Candace too much life. I'm going to be real with you guys. I posted a blind item the other day, and a lot of people seem to think it was Candace. Um, I'm not going to confirm or deny my blind items. It is a blind item. If you want to go to tvdeets.com and read it, it is called Big Mouth Empty Seats. And I will reveal them when I can. So I have a bunch of blind items up there, and I've solved them when I can. So if I can solve this one and I can reveal who this housewife is, I certainly will. But go go check it out on tvdeets.com. A lot of people thought it was Candace and started dragging me. And it's like, this is why I don't even mention Candace's name. Candace stands are unhinged. I'm just going to be real. I have nothing against Candace. Candace has never been nice to TV Deets. And I'm just at the point, season eight, why the fuck does TV Deets have to be nice to Candace? Like, I don't get it. So I am such a, you know, chill page, cool page. Don't come into my DMs and yell at me. Don't come into my DMs and scold me. And if you do, you will be on my shit list. So I'm sorry, Candace. Like, I don't know who's, you know, in charge of your team, but probably wasn't a good idea to DM TV Deets angrily over the summer. So I'm not in a good mood with Candace. And I think you guys are going to see when you watch this episode, I mean, cringe, like this whole tour and this whole financial situation. Let me just say, without like spilling the details of her storyline this season, if you can call it that, you don't really invest in a business unless it makes money after a while and i just think we've seen candace do this deep space tour talk about this fucking single for what like three fucking seasons like we have seen i saw you perform this on girls trip and you sucked by the way <laughs> okay <laughs> the girls trip performance was so cringe but we've seen her perform this song and here she is talking about this fucking song again and this is where I say to production, like, I'm all for, you know, unique careers. I get she wants to be a musician. I don't see Candace Dillard Bassett as an artist. I don't see Candace Dillard Bassett breaking the Hot 100. And I'm not saying you have to have a number one hit or whatever. I just don't think, like, if you put out this music and it's been out for four years and it's not really picking up, like, I don't know, you guys. It's not my jam. I know a lot of people like her music, but to each their own. I just think when you see this scene with her and Chris, you're gonna have a lot to talk about as well. I mean, she even says, you know, well, I'm not Alanis Morissette or Jewel, and it's like, bitch, please, you are not Alanis Morissette or Jewel, like, the delusion is real. So, lots to unpack there. Now, just as a side note, I'm sure you guys have seen, Potomac has been trending this week, Candace has been trending, because there is a rumor out there that Chris Bassett has been cheating on Candace Dillard Bassett. Now, this comes from Tasha. I think her name's Tasha T. Is that what it is, guys? Tasha P. You can let me know. This is the same blogger that Cardi B sued and took to the cleaners. So, 
I'm just gonna be real. I don't, you know, I wish there was a better source. Like, if this is true, I don't know why you would take it to someone who, you know, is in the news for just being, like, a liar. And nothing against Tasha P or Tasha T, whatever her name is. So sorry about that. But, like, I just don't understand if this was true, why you would take it to an outlet like that. There are many other outlets who would have eaten it up. TV Deeds is available, and TV Deeds would do our due diligence. But, you know, word on this street is, and I told you guys last season when the women were talking about Chris's behavior, that, yeah, this is talked about in Potomac. I can't tell you whether or not there are truth to these allegations or rumors, the ones we saw last year or what they're talking about now. I just know this is constantly a topic in Potomac. Like, this is constantly a topic. So take that for what it is. I don't want any marriage to break up or anything like that. But, um, you know, there's some interesting things with that Tasha story that are lining up with other aspects of, you know, just what I've heard on the street in Potomac. So my prediction here, you guys, with Candace, this is not going to be a good season for Candace. You heard it here first. You can put that little Caroline Manzo gif in. You heard it here first. This will not be a good season for Candace. We are at season eight. Candace has almost no real allies in the cast. The blogs are coming after Candace and her husband. Candace isn't great with words. So a lot of people call her a wordsmith. I don't get that. I think she just goes for the jugular. I don't know how long that's going to work for her. So you guys, just based on the... um, premiere episode what i saw and then this little tasha story breaking all allegations haven't been true proven by the way and basically this this woman is just saying that she had an affair with chris trigger warning she is talking about that she had an abortion but she had an ongoing you know relationship with chris and uh you know the receipt she provided (laughs) she provided a dick pic um and i guess that was pretty much it This is where I say, yeah, we're going to need some more concrete evidence. Like, I feel like even the evidence against Juan was bigger. That's just my personal take on the situation. We have photos of Juan at the laundromat, photos of Juan at, uh, you know, various locations. We have the whole Canada girl thing that was proven true. With Chris and Candace, I'm not sure we're there yet, but I'm just saying it is interesting to me that, you know, a month before the premiere, this is what we're hearing. Like, I just think that's interesting because, again, this kind of stuff is talked about in Potomac. And I know Candace doesn't think that the women talk about it, but they do. And, you know, it's not just them. It's a lot of people in Potomac. So, again, I don't want anyone's marriage to break up. But I just think, you know, if we're going to be calling out other people's marriage and then we're going to have an issue with, you know, that, which you'll see in the premiere, then I think we need to be more transparent. So I just don't think this is going to be a good season for her. Um, but we'll see. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say on that. Don't come at me. Please know I love Potomac and I actually love all the women, but it's just, you know, when I get a little DM in my inbox, I don't really like that. Okay. Doesn't really make TVDs happy. (laughs) Now this episode, you guys, I took so many notes. Um, here's a quote from Ashley. It just feels like a protect Juan campaign. Bum, bum, bum. So Ashley's bringing it on. So lots in this episode. 
NECA is not in the first episode, and that is because we are focusing again on Robin and Juan. This is very similar to the Beverly Hills premiere where Anne-Marie was not introduced in that episode either. That is because we have unfinished business from last season, so with NECA, same situation. We have things to talk about that NECA is not involved with, so I think they wanted to give Robin that opportunity to address all of those allegations, which she does, and that's why we don't see it. Episode 2 will be Ashley's housewarming, which I told you exclusively, that is where Ashley introduced NECA to the rest of the women, and it pops off pretty much from the housewarming on. So, you guys, Potomac, this is going to be such a fire season. You know, again, all about Rob in the first episode, but you can tell there are the hints there that this group is coming, and, and they're coming hard. And I just think, you know, Potomac always delivers. I loved last season, I don't get the people who said they didn't like it. Like, whatever, you know, I don't understand what people want sometimes in terms of the drama. Like, to be honest, I didn't think what they said about Chris Bassett was that horrible, but whatever. We went on for a whole season about it, you know, three-part reunion, coming into the season still carrying that. It's like, okay, you know, so I liked it. I think we're going to, you know, it just feels a little bit fresher this year. Let me just say that. It just feels a little bit fresher, even though we have the whole cast coming back. It just feels like, you know, Potomac, everyone has a little bit of an updated look. You know, houses are at a different point. People have moved. And it's just, it just feels a little fresher. And I'm into it. And like I said, Potomac never disappoints. Now, this one premieres Sunday, November 5th at 8, 7 Central. And it will actually lead into the new season of Married to Medicine, which I'm hoping to get that screener soon. And as soon as I do, you know I'll give you that scoop as well. <laughs> My ratings recap segment is back this week and I'm here to bring you the Bravo ratings and ratings for a few other shows as well starting with Sunday night now this was the latest episode of the Real Housewives of New York City episode 13 earned a 0.12 in the demo and 416,000 live viewers which is a series low on Monday night, Below Deck Mediterranean continues to show that it's, like, unstoppable. This third episode earned a 0.22 in the demo and 883,000 viewers, a season high for Below Deck Med. Now, on Tuesday, we had some unfortunate news with The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City bringing in a 0.11 in the demo and just 414,000 live viewers. That is also a season low in the demo. But Orange County on uh, Wednesday night, the final part of the reunion, a 0.21 in the demo and 821,000 live viewers, making the season 17 average a 0.22 in the demo and 781,000 live viewers. So very, very solid for the Real Housewives of Orange County. Now, VH1 had some shows come back this uh, this week as well. You guys know I'm a huge Basketball Wives fan. Season 11 debuted to a 0.15 in the demo and 451,000 live viewers. So yeah, Basketball Wives Season 11 rating higher than The Real Housewives of New York City and The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, with Basketball Wives, this is a bit of a reboot for this season. They basically have like kind of the core four or five and then they brought in some newbies and this is higher than the season 10 average which was a 0 
and 425,000 live viewers. So just slightly, but it's exciting to see that after a few months off, we are starting up. And that is just, you know, great for VH1 and great for Basketball Wives. You know, I love them and can't quit them. Now, we also saw the debut of Basketball Wives Orlando. This episode aired uh, at 10 o'clock at night, so pretty late, but earned a 0.10 in the demo and 307,000 live viewers. Nothing huge, nothing exciting, I would say, to write home about, but these are solid numbers um, for Basketball Wives season like this many years in is what I'm trying to say. Launching a spinoff this late is like kind of crazy to me, but I'm here for it. So this is solid, you guys, and we will see this grow. And, you know, 10 o'clock at night. So let's just keep that in mind. But I liked both episodes. I will be recapping Basketball Wives on a future episode because I didn't have enough time in this uh, week's podcast. But check them out. They're on BH1 and Paramount+. Plus. And uh, hearing great things from the fans on both of those shows. Now, back over to the Bravo ratings. We have two shows to talk about in pri- you know, primarily here. The Real Housewives of New York City and The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, you guys know I've been maybe too hard or a little hard on this New York City reboot. But <sighs> this is just business-wise, right? Like, again, like I know people are enjoying the show. I know people have their favorites. I know people really like it. Like, there are those people out there. They do exist. But when we're talking about television, it's not just in that vacuum. You know, ratings do matter. And you'll hear a lot of people, you'll see a lot of people, live ratings don't matter anymore. Bravo doesn't pay attention to live ratings. They don't know what they're talking about, okay? Um, But do you want your series hitting a series low? at, you know, 13 episodes into this year. No, this is terrible for the Real Housewives of New York City because this proves, you guys, that there was no business sense in rebooting the series. I've talked about it before in terms of budget. A lot of people say, oh, well, it's to cheapen the cast. Like, are you guys for real? You think they couldn't afford Luann, Sonia, and Ramona? (laughs) Like, if you think they were all making half a million dollars, you're delusional, okay? The salaries are not that that high to for budget to be so concerned about the salaries I always laugh when I see that I've talked about it before with Atlanta but it's the same thing with New York they don't make that much money for that to that excuse or that reasoning to really make sense and let's just talk about that if you wanted to just you know make a cheaper show okay but that's not the real housewives and as I've said before you will have trouble attracting the type of characters you want if you only want to pay them $30,000 to appear. Like, no one's going to do that. There's no point. We have social media. We have our own outlets. There's YouTube. Like, why would I go on Bravo if I can't control my edit and I'm going to get paid nothing? So they do it for the fame, right? <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, you guys, hitting a series low 13 episodes in is not good. This is at a time when the ratings should actually be going up and they're actually going down. Okay, and we usually see this with all the other Bravo shows is they'll start out a little quieter, a lot of times just because people don't know, oh, it came on already. And it takes people a few weeks to catch up with this episode or with this show. They had a strong debut, a 0.22 in the demo and 672,000 viewers. We have gone from 672,000 live viewers to 416. We have gone from a 0.22 in the demo to a series low 0.11. So 
we are at half of what this season started at, okay? And we also are at half of the average for season 13. So I blogged about it. I think I talked about it on last week's podcast. Bravo has not offered the women contracts to return for season 15. And a lot of people said to me, oh, well, this is only done after the reunion. Well, yes, normally, but you saw those reports. A few pages have posted that everyone was back and that filming would start in the spring. That is not true. Uba said it herself. No one has been asked back and there is no scheduled filming date. So for all these people saying, oh, like the reboot's here to stay, the reboot's here to stay. If that's what you want to believe, that's fine. But it's business. Bravo will do whatever Bravo wants to do. Okay. If Bravo feels like this reboot worked, they'll try it again. They'll do it again. If Bravo feels like they can't own up to their mistakes and say, hey, it didn't work, and they just want to steamroll us with another season, they'll do that too. Like, I believe that's an option. But when the ratings are this low, anything can happen. None of these women are safe. The show itself is not safe. And I wouldn't be surprised if New York goes on a pause because I don't know why you would rush into production with this same cast. It doesn't make sense. They don't know each other. They're not friends. You can hear them. They don't want to be friends. Uh, In the media, they've now just started talking about how they didn't know each other, which I think is so funny because the the going story was that they all had pre-existing relationships. And remember when Bravo told us, we're going to look for a group of friends. We're going to cast a group of friends. Okay, that never happened, right? (laughs) So you guys, I don't know what else to say other than like these ratings are extremely low no matter how way you look at it. We just got over talking about Basketball Wives. These are on two different levels. Doesn't mean I think less of Basketball Wives. It, It means who are VH1's viewers versus Bravo's viewers and what is the previous season looking like. So Basketball Wives, there's no concern because it came up over last year, the last season. New York City, we've lost half of our audience. Like, this is a problem. Like I said, at a time when people should be watching it more, they are watching it less. Now, we did see a little uptick when it came to Anguilla, but I mean, the Anguilla trip, I talked about it on the podcast, was a complete bust. I mean, the weather, even even the weather gods were not happy with this cast and just poured rain on them for three days. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it was so funny. I'm sorry. But, you know, nothing has really happened. They're all just attacking Jessel. And you guys don't want to hear it, but the show is doing poorly because none of the women are really connecting with viewers. Now, there are people who are fans of Jessel. You'll see fans of Jenna. At the end of the day, the ratings show none of these women are connecting. And I bet you if they showed us their Q tests or the market research tests that we would find out that none of these women are connecting with viewers. I think it's just, I think the cast is a miss. I've said it before. And I think the whole format of the show is a miss. Like, they live in New York City. We, like, barely see New York City. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, again, Shed Media, like, it's ridiculous. I love you guys, but, like, learn how to make a show. You don't call a show The Real Housewives of New York City and then sit in someone's apartment for four months. Like, no one wants to see that. You know what I mean? And even when they do go out, like, I really enjoyed on this week's last episode where they went to a place called Swingers and it was, like, an adult um, mini golf with Mexican food. I thought that restaurant was on point, and I saw them in Bravo's comments on social media. So I know that when it comes to that restaurant, it was all like a a PR thing. So hey, if you can attract that type of restaurant, keep going, right? But I just feel like 
Where are the New York City landmarks? Like, why are the women in Central Park? First of all, they filmed in the winter, which is always a horrible idea for New York City. I don't know why they always give us their urban settings in the winter, which makes absolutely no sense, bravo. Um, but you've just filmed in the, in the winter. Nothing's really going on. We had to watch three episodes of them in the Hamptons. And then, I'm sorry, I'm Team Brynn on this one. It wasn't even the Hamptons proper, like everyone wants to see. Like, she had no water view. We're just in the forest. Like, my parents have a cottage like that like we in canada that lifestyle that's what we do like we have second home so i i see this it's just not it's just not giving you guys and like if you were to watch bethany's youtube i know bethany gets a lot of hate bethany is giving you more entertainment value in her 10 minute youtube show than this entire cast has put together this entire season okay <laughs> so they have some work to do but nonetheless these ratings are not good you guys We've talked about it before. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Also, we are hitting the warning bell, you guys. This is not good. This week, hitting a 0.11 in the demo, which is a season low, in 414,000 live viewers. Now, again, I'm willing to give Salt Lake City a little bit of a break because these numbers are more in line with what we saw last year. Like, last season averaged a 0.22 in 618,000 viewers, so we're down, but, you know, it's not insane. Whereas the difference with New York is quite extreme. But like I said, with Salt Lake City, like we are getting to the point we're at episode seven coming up this week. And, you know, clearly viewers aren't responding to the storylines. Now, I like Salt Lake City this year. I was into it. I think the cast is is OK. <laughs> like I said, none of these women would be housewives in other cities. That's just my personal opinion. But in Salt Lake City, it works. Now, I have seen a lot of fans that are not into Angie, and I'm not so sure people are responding well to Monica, just in terms of how she's actually come into the group. Story-wise, I think they're both giving. I don't have any issues there. I do just think, like, with Monica, what is the end game, right? If you were an assistant of Jen Sean, you're not really living that life. Like, how sustainable is that as a cast member? So, again, maybe maybe would have been better as a friend of the Housewives. I'm not so sure, but... I think that may be an issue with Salt Lake City is maybe we're just not connecting with the storylines right now. And we'll see if they have something else to pull out the last back half. Now, you know that when they go to Bermuda, there's a big trip. You saw at the beginning of the Salt Lake City premiere, they teased a big dramatic phone call with Heather. So you you guys know I'm a fan of Heather, but Heather's going to come and save this show. I have a funny feeling Heather's storyline is going to have everyone talking and is going to get these numbers up. But like I said, I'm enjoying New York City. It's just important, you guys, to remember, like, we got to watch live, right? Like, if we watch this six days later, then you're telling Bravo you don't really care about the show. I know they count DVR and delayed views, but that's just the way it works. So Salt Lake City, not sure what's going on. Have high hopes for you uh, heading into the last half of the season. For more on ratings, you guys, for other shows like Love and Marriage, Love and Hip Hop, uh, all sorts of stuff, Jersey Shore, it's all available at tvdeets.com, Southern Charm, too. Go to tvdeets.com, hover over the Reality TV Ratings tab, and you can see it's short sorted by network and by show. So again, I post all of the numbers up on that website as soon as I get them, so keep refreshing on the daily, and that's where you'll get your, you know the most up-to-date current stats. If you can't tell, I'm like running on seven cups of coffee recording this podcast, but I'll wrap it up there. That's the end of the ratings recap. And like I said, visit tvdeets.com for the most up-to-date.
another week on the TV Deets podcast, another exclusive for you guys. I am working hard for my TV Deets fam. Now, the Real Housewives of Orange County just wrapped season 17 earlier this week with part two of the reunion, and I have some exclusive scoop on season 18 and what to expect. Are you guys ready? This is a exclusive for TV Deets. Everyone is going to be invited back for season 18, sources tell TV Deets exclusively. Producers in the network were really happy with the fan engagement this year, and all of the ladies stepped up to the plate to deliver. Now, I'm told that with Shannon Bodor's DUI arrest, producers want to follow the aftermath of that and how that has impacted the group. I'm also told Jennifer is expected to return... And Taylor will be back as well, and I'm hearing that it's most likely she will keep her friend of the housewives role. I'm also told that while production is always on the lookout for new housewives, as of right now, they haven't made any decisions on potential newbies. Now, there have been some rumors floating around that Alexis and Gretchen could be in the mix. Now, Gretchen, as you know, is on an upcoming season of A Girl's Trip, and Alexis has recently split with her fiancé of a few years, and she's single and ready to mingle. You also saw Alexis just posted that she is on good terms with Jim Bellino. So, my sources would not confirm or deny that Alexis or Gretchen are in talks to return or have been offered anything like that. So I can't comment on that specifically, but like I said, I am hearing sources tell TVDs exclusively that everyone is going to be invited back for season 18. So very exciting. I mean, this season, you guys, of Orange County, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. I think they got a lot of things right. I think that the reunion really did wonders for it because... You know, there was some worry there that this Heather takedown was just going to keep going, going, going. And I think at the reunion, we got some resolution that, you know, okay, they have their issues with Heather, but where Tamara left things in the finale is maybe not where we will see things in season 18. Now, you did see if you check Tamara's Instagram, she posted a photo with Heather Dubrow. So clearly Tamara, you know, she knows. Tamara knows the two leads of the show, I've said it before, are Tamara Judge and Heather Dubrow. So... If we can get both of those women back for season 18 to lead the charge, I think we're in good shape. But again, I am hearing exclusively that everyone will be returning for season 18. Now, for more on this exclusive, make sure to visit tvdeets.com, read that exclusive, share it around, and make sure you spread the word that the TV Deets podcast is where you go for these Real Housewives exclusives. Thank you so much. If you made it to the end of this podcast, it's another week with Brett at TV Deeds Down. I appreciate you so much for listening to this podcast, for reading tvdeeds.com, sharing my content, everything you do. You know I just appreciate you so much. If there is one thing you do after listening to this podcast, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, share it with a friend, tweet it, retweet it, tag me. I will share everything, you guys. I love sharing Uh, when you guys are showing me that you're listening to the podcast. I love talking about it. So let me know. I want to hear your feedback. And I did float something on the podcast last week. 
that I'm considering starting a Patreon because I do a lot of this for free, guys. Like, you know, this is a lot of work. And to just have, you know, a safer space to share even more tea, I'm thinking Patreon might go the route, uh, might be the route to go. That would allow me to give you bonus episodes of the podcast as well. So let me know if you're into that. I wouldn't make it too expensive, but just something for the, you know, really close TBD spam that we want to chat about all of this, you know, reality TVT in uh, a little more privacy. So let me know. But thank you again so much for listening. And I will see you right back here next week for an all new episode of the TV Deeds podcast. Take care. (laughs) 